welcome back to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as usual by my co-host Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Got a good one to get into this week. Uh, LSU baseball had an up and down week. LSU basketball had a, a really good week, actually. Um, they they secured the number three seed in the upcoming SEC basketball tournament. So they have a double bye and aren't going to play until Friday. So most likely means they're probably going to be in the big dance no matter what also. Um, and then uh, we also have a re, uh, you know this Hush Blackwell report that came out Friday. We'll probably get into that and uh, anything else that comes up. I think, uh, I think Daniel... Uh, our co-host might have a little something for us too at the end once we get all the good stuff out of the way. Uh, but until we get into all that, I want to check in with you guys, co-hosts, see how it's going. Uh, I mean, overall, I thought it was a pretty good week for LSU. I mean, the um, the series at the box didn't turn out – well, it was underwhelming. I'll say that. I mean, I know we're going to get into it, but, I mean, other than that, I was kind of surprised by LSU basketball. I guess I was just <laughs> expecting to be let down, but uh, – they, you know, they, at least they finished the regular season strong. Uh, you know, it's pretty good. Uh, pretty good weekend here, weather-wise, man. How about you guys? I mean, weather-wise, it's pretty, pretty awesome right now. This is perfect crawfish weather. I mean, I'm ready to get outside and uh, go to a crawfish boil. I haven't gotten any yet, so I'm kind of disappointed in that. Um, as far as LSU goes, it's kind of ups and downs. I feel like, yeah, the basketball was good. I'm glad we got the win. I mean, we almost lost it against Missouri, though. There was there were some times where it seemed like we wanted to lose. Um, we wanted to just give it away to them, but we thankfully won. Uh, baseball, not so much, but you know, I, I think that there are some. Uh, I'm I'm still excited about this baseball team. I'm still excited. Sure. I'm still enjoying it. So they can't take that away from me. Yep, doing well. Had a fun weekend. Uh, watched a little sports. That was enjoyable. Like Tommy said, it's real real pleasant down here in Baton Rouge. And then we're getting into the thick of March. I got the brackets coming out. So I cooked up a little LSU-ish bracket of my own, which we'll go through at the end and see where our loyalties lie. You got to listen all the way to the end. Yeah, it's it's only eight teams. It's not 64. Couldn't fit that into one podcast. But uh, maybe we'll see how that goes. Right on. Or next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, speaking of see, see how it goes, uh <laughs> The the Hush Blackwell report came out this past Friday, and that was the uh, the law firm that LSU hired to investigate themselves. Uh, you know, I'm sure some people had some some opinions of their own. Of well, you know, they they hired him to investigate us, so you know, of course, it's going to look good on him. And uh, I don't know, I I haven't read the whole PDF of the you know the report in a PDF in its entirety, but I mean, I think the gist of it was is yeah, I mean, they didn't they didn't really like throw any one person under the bus they just said they didn't handle things correctly maybe you guys can stop you know, like chime in when i throw it to you to see if you know if you agree or disagree with that just like baseline assessment but uh, i mean it basically said that they they took some measures to protect education and blah 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 but they just failed on many other levels especially with regard to uh you know sexual harassment or you know just dealing with students that have uh, reported it basically, you know, just, I don't know if it's the same stuff that uh, it's definitely not the same stuff to the same level that we saw with like Michigan state or, or, or Baylor. Baylor. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it was anything like that. Cause otherwise we would have, I think we would have started to see some heads roll. Although they did put Verge Osbury on like a 30 day suspension. Uh, I guess his seat's getting hot and there was uh, another assistant uh, that they also placed on, uh, on a, a small leave 
But I, I don't know. Um, overall, looking at this, I mean, I, I think I, this was like a preventative measure, or excuse me, a preemptive measure by LSU because they know there's a, you know, there's some storm storm clouds in the in the distant future from the NCAA. So this was kind of like just a, a self mitigating approach. Uh, I don't know if they got what they wanted, other than just making it look like they cared. Uh, I mean, the, the report wasn't too damning, but I mean, anytime you have a you know, someone come back and say, yeah, you guys didn't handle this correctly with, uh, you know, sexual uh, violence or domestic violence or, or anything of that nature. You know, it just, it's not, it's not a good look. It's a, it's a little bit of a black eye, especially after the whole, you know, everything that's gone on in the last few years uh, around that subject. But uh, I don't know, at least, you know, at least they did it. They had this report. It's an, in, it's an independent third party that told them. So uh, I don't know. I, I imagine they can already start to make some sort of, uh, adjustments or changes, massive changes, you know, before anything else happens, or at least to me, that's the only, like, that's for them, that's the only benefit of getting this report. So I don't know. I'll, I'll toss it to you, Tommy. You know, what did, did you, uh, did you make anything of this report? I was, I was going to bring this up anyway, because, you know, it's like this last week, there's just stuff that keeps coming out about LSU, just specific individuals, Les Miles, Darius guys, like, I don't know, does this report, like, do anything for you as far as all right well all right cool that's you know it's all right we we faced it head on and uh i guess we'll just see what the ncaa says or do you like think there's some really serious trouble down the line here because stuff just stuff just keeps coming out man you know it just keeps trickling out about you know people that we had no idea about uh so i don't know do you think this this report really does anything to help lsu i feel like it uh i feel like this kind of was that like everyone was waiting for the, the the report to be released and oh they're gonna get a press conference and it could all come crashing down and i almost feel like the anticipation and the unknown was worse for lsu and for the fan base and everybody getting you know preparing for it than it actually ends up being i think that now that we have all the the facts or at least most of the facts and the the independent councils coming in and said said what they said yeah a lot of it's terrible and and there are a lot of changes that need to be made at the university, but even even when you when you listen to what they have to say, this is a report you know with some instances dating back to like eight years ago, and uh, a lot there's been so much turnover in this athletic program in this football program, you can't really the head you know the heads that you might ask to roll they've already gone they're already gone yeah. like how are you going to get rid of you know less miles gone. Uh, then Joe Oliva gone, F. King Alexander gone, and all the players gone. The only, like you said, the only one who who was there throughout the whole thing was Verge Osbury, and I, he might be gone. I know he's on he's on temporary leave right now. I wouldn't. I, I don't know that. It kind of depends on. I wonder if he's going to be. You know, as as hard as it is to to say there is like a game of uh, a game of chicken to it with the NCAA of, okay, have we done enough or do we need to do more? And I wouldn't be surprised if, if Verge Osbury is kind of that, that, that sacrifice that they're holding right now, like we're going to put them on leave and then let's kind of get in touch with the NCAA. Okay. Like have we, have we paid our penance or not? What other changes do we need to make? And if they're like, no, we need to, we need to see blood. Like we need to see somebody go, then they might have to, they might have to, you know, ax him. I don't know. Um, but 
I think the most surprising thing, and this didn't necessarily come out with the report, but it, it's came out we almost almost simultaneously is just all the the rumors turning into allegations turning into court cases about less miles. I almost feel like that's the that's the the more I won't say more interesting, but we all knew that there was that there were some issues with sexual harassment on the player level. I, I will say, you know, you've got when you have 125 guys on a on a roster or whatever, you know, counting walk-ons and practice squad and all this. There, there's going to be bad apples in any in any when you get a 125 people in any group, and exactly. it happens. It happens in. I think that I think that there is there is a uh, there's just such a spotlight on college Division One college football SEC LSU that this is a this is an issue that's dealt that that is being dealt with at every level on college campuses. It's being dealt with. You hear about it. I mean, Daniel, I'm sure I'm sure you get the emails from LSU talking about like. We all need to be better, and like you know, this this sexual assault issue, and this and this and this. We need to, like, it's something that they address in the classroom. They address in Greek life. I mean, F. King Alexander was notorious for going after Greek life on LSU campus because of this very thing. So, it, it's not. I don't. I think it's a little bit unfair to to, to just put it all on football. What I think is more. Uh, inex- I won't. I don't want to say more inexcusable because it's all inexcusable. But what's more, just just. I mean, I can't even put it into words. Is the whole Les Miles situation that mm. this guy was going was like deliberately and like unabashedly going after uh, being like, yeah, hire hire young hot blondes. That's who I want running my recruiting office. Yeah. So going back to the report, I watched the press conference a little bit actually with the director of Hush Blackwell, a guy in charge. And he, he was on Zoom. They had the whole LSU boardroom, like, filled up. Everybody's sitting around, listening to this guy, like, on a screen talk, which was kind of weird. <laughs> but um, he summed it up saying that mostly LSU, like, took the wrong turn, like, at every decision point. And, yes, they did pretty much quash a lot of these uh, sexual harassment, assault, whatever, claims. Um and should have done better in that. And they kind of misguided the cases away from the Title IX office and kind of kept it within the athletic department or some other places. And so, but they but they said it was more systematic. They're like, everybody, like at every step was like doing the wrong thing. So they didn't really have any one or two people to say like, these are the bad guys who were like orchestrating this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they said that Virgil Osbury, who for those unaware was like deputy athletic director and was interim athletic He's director. acting athletic director. Yeah, after um, Oliva left, he kind of like kind of kept the stuff on the low a little bit and didn't move it on to Title IX office. And so that was kind of the worst of it. And then the only other thing was uh, Ed Ordron was the coach for like nine, I think, claims or something. So it's, stuff has happened since he has been there. Um, but the fact that nothing that bad has happened to him yet. Like since the report came out means that he's probably either safe or like not in too much trouble. Cause he's like denied all the claims that he was aware of it or, or whatever. Um, and then, so that's pretty much that. And then like you were saying about Les miles, that was weird about how he was supposedly texting girls, telling them like come over to his apartment. He had a special condo where he, yeah. Come over to his condo and he could help them with his, with their career. Well, it's pretty creepy. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. And then he, his lawyers and stuff have denied all the claims 
and Kansas has put them on a leave until they can kind of figure out what's going on. But it was pretty crazy because at that time in 2013, everybody was like pretty big less fans. Like maybe there was some calls. I think, that like, I think the tide was starting, was starting to, to turn a little to, bit. Yeah, but that was more off the or on the field stuff. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was just like we're not that good at football anymore. It's not <laughs> necessarily tide, like. Yeah. The tide turned uh, in that championship game. When the tide turned us. <laughs> and then, and Tommy, you didn't mention that this report came out that Joe Oliva had sent an email yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's to, to F. King Alexander, the president at the time, saying that, like, we got to fire Les Miles pretty much because of these allegations. So he was aware of them at the time, and the president was aware of them, and, like, nobody ever heard about this stuff until just now. Um, and they're like, yeah, it's better to face the backlash from the fans of firing less miles than face the backlash of dealing like when this stuff comes out, like dealing with that. It, it's um, also, it's incredible that, so if that, that email is sent 2013 and they don't fire him clearly. Right. And he goes, he goes, he lives in to fight another day for three more years. But when the, when the, when the tide really starts to turn, because I think that, I think you're right, Scott, like, Everybody was everybody was like, oh, Les Miles is great until that game in, J- in January 2012 when we were absolutely embarrassed by Alabama. And, I mean, he made every – talk about, like, LSU administration making every, every bad call. Well, Les Miles did too, on and off the field. And so the uh, – so I feel like maybe, maybe – I don't know. I think that F King, they say in the report that, that he consulted, it was all about whether or not they could, the LSU could prove cause and get out of giving Miles the buyout. And the, the LSU's lawyer said, no, we can't do it based on whatever the proof they had was. That's what, that's what they say. I know Scott, Scott's looking at me with absolute like, bug eyes. Look at the Joe Oliva email hello well no that's what i'm saying the oliva email was like was like we need to do this and then the reply was we talked to the lawyers we can't we don't have calls sorry uh well i i don't know i i think there's enough there you know so in most cases where there's smoke there's fire so like they they really could have you said well just cause is like well i I don't know can we just fire him just cause because he's because because he's not changing the offense. I mean, that's what ended up happening. Years well, they later. would. They they and that's what they did. But, I know. That's, it's like there was and they bought him out. But I, I guess they, at that point they were like, we're not going to buy this guy out. He just took us to the national championship. You know, da 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 da. But makes you think like, how did he last that much longer? Because three years is a long time. Three more seasons. And so if you have this, and I mean. If this happens, I feel like if this ha- if if the same series of events happens in 2021, he's gone in like a season and a half. Just of how how quickly people get fired for nothing, <laughs> get fired for not for winning ten games and not eleven, or going yeah. to the Sugar Bowl and not the College Bowl playoff. Like it's it hasn't been that long ago since it happened, but it, but the the turnover of coaches has has really gone up. Yeah, no, and it was 2013. They they actually won. 10 games that year they went 10 and three from my remember um and then they uh i but yeah could you imagine if they did try and fire him after a 10 and three season like people like they they were the, the fans and that the rest of the college football world were aghast when we fired him after an eight and five season like this guy's your winning his coach like yeah but i mean we don't want him anymore well, but anyway it makes you like, think, is it is it was it my, is it miles was it miles 
this is, people said this for years, or is it just the fact that LSU is, has been built over years into an absolute winning program? And you're going to get a level of production at, at almost any point with the kind of talent that LSU garners. And then to, it's really what can that, can that coach – you need to find the coach that can win you the three extra games. The eight are probably there just because you've got that much talent on the field. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Um, but, I mean, I, I think it – you know, you brought up a good point, Tommy. It's like if you just picked a random 125 people, uh, you know, in Baton Rouge, uh, men specifically – or, or any town in America that, that at least has 125 men to pick from. Like, if you pick 125, there's going to be someone in that group that, you know, is going to say things that are offensive or, you know, harassing. So uh, I don't know if you can... That doesn't make it right, but it's just... Right, a, no, I'm just, just a, saying that it's, it's, not a, it's not a culture thing. Like, if there's one or two guys in a, in a college football program in, in 2020s that, you know, that's, that does something like that, you can't say, oh, it's just a culture. It's just men, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's not. It's, it's that guy, that one guy. It's like, you know, if this yeah. stuff was rampant like it was at Baylor or Michigan State or, or other places, then, you know, I, I would understand it. But, you know, it's like we haven't been hearing about it. Well, now we know why we haven't been hearing about it because they, they squashed some of it. But it's like it, when it gets too big, if, there's, if it's really rampant, you know, there's no way you're just going to continue to hear about it. And I just, you know, over the years, you really haven't heard too much. There was a couple instances, but, you know, they, they those players were uh, kicked off the team, basically. Well, uh, even most recently, Peter Parrish. It's, yeah. It came out that Peter Parrish was kicked off for that kind of – that for for this kind of misconduct. So Drake, Drake Davis, too, I believe. Well, yeah, Drake Davis is one of the big, big examples. Yeah. Um, um, but – I have one more point that I remembered uh, in relation to the Hush Blackwell thing, which is that one of the board of directors at the end kind of put them to the, put a question to the, the Hush Blackwell guys, like, was there any preference given to athletes? Because that was kind of the whole point of this thing. It was like, yeah, it was centered around athletics, and they, they covered it, it up. They, they covered the stuff up because they were athletes, because they didn't want their stars to get exposed or whatever, mm-hmm. especially like Darius Geis or whatever. Which that's the exact example that like. The, in one of the one of the like whatever deposition court case things that the girl a- accusing Darius guy says I went to the I went to LSU and they said oh we don't don't go to LSU he's a god on this campus they won't do anything yeah and so and what the guy came back with is he said there were plenty of cases within the athletic program but there are also a lot of cases outside of it, just normal LSU students and as far as we can tell they pretty much bumbled it on all Treated sides. The same, yeah. Like they, they mess mishandled all sorts of cases and we couldn't really give any particular reason uh, or saw that there was preference given to the athletic uh, players. So that's kind of one feather in the cap and it's not really a good feather, <laughs> but LSU is bad at, as is equally an equal offender. They're equally bad. But at least they can say that like, all right, we're not like, being super villains and no, that's a, that's a, and these, that's a really important players. Point. So that's probably a good thing for the athletic program going forward and saying like we can build it back up and build the university as a whole and not we don't have to like fix the athletics. Or and whatever. also, I mean, who knows? And I, I mean, just from and anybody who goes to a large college like LSU, Daniel, you know, Scott, you know, the the amount of bureaucracy in all these organ in, in these in these institutions is absolutely insane. So. For all we know, and I mean, again, this is not an excuse because these everything obviously they need to do better, and they're, they're going to, they're going to be forced to. But 
what if the title line office is just is just terribly run or what if what if there's just there's just a lot you, know, you see what i'm saying that, that was one of their other points it was that the lady in charge was basically doing the whole department herself yeah. and like she had no support and like had to handle like a gazillion cases and plus like nobody knew who she was or like how to contact her so, and so it just like was just bleh for so the it's whole just thing. yeah like and that I don't, that you can't say that's a reflection on the football team no it's not but it is a reflection of i guess the university and how it yes. operates it, yeah um, and so now they're one of tom galligan the president's big points is we're gonna have like this big new office title nine and diversity something like that like is the name of the office and they're gonna make sure they're like every single person on lsu's campus should know this the director's name and phone number or something like that uh which i guess is a push to satisfy everyone and hopefully it, it improves the quality of these things in yeah, the future. yeah hopefully it has as much as much press as this this new football ops building with the foot with the full pull out bed <laughs> you know it's like they got to put some money into that so i did want to touch on this uh i feel like you have something to say tommy but uh in regards to uh, Harris Blackwell, like their objectivity. Um, now they did reach out, like they said, they held uh, a few weeks of community outreach sessions in which they would allow students and employees at LSU to meet either individually or in a focus group, you know, and they had like 25 of those sessions. And so they, they did open it up to people like you, you if you had a gripe, you could go there. Or if you, if you already had a gripe and no one listened to you, you could go there again and, you know, they would listen to you and they did. And so I, I feel like that just, just for those that wonder, you know, oh, LSU hired this firm, you know, of course you're not going to find anything. Oh, but they did. And they, they opened it up to people that, that were also, uh, well, I mean, they might've been a little bit more subjective, but you know, they, you know, they had a gripe and they at least allowed them to speak. Uh, you know, it wasn't just, Anything to see here? Nope. Okay, let's keep moving. You know, they actually listened to people and they found some stuff. Uh, but the other thing that I would say is, is their, I guess their summary of what they found. And this is where I think LSU has to nip this in the bud. Like, cause their, their response to how the university handled it. It's, you know, it's very lawyer speak. It says the university did not handle various items identified in this article uh, that are consistent with obligations under title nine. So that is lawyer speak for you know, LSU just didn't do its job. So I think LSU needs to get way out in front of this and say, we failed miserably. We are sorry, and we're going to do better, and here's how. Yeah. You know, releasing this report is one thing, but you got to say, you, you have to say, we messed up, we're sorry, but we're fixing it. You know, and then, then, you know, then the healing process begins, I hope. No, I agree. I think, and I think they can do it, and – I think that uh, if there if there's one thing we've seen from Scott Woodward, you know, he's not afraid to to do what needs to be done and make changes and and uh, and he I feel like he's done a pretty good job. So yeah, although just a couple of weeks ago, like before they released the report, Scott Woodward was asked about Virgil Osbury, and he's like, he's a great guy, like one of my favorites. Like he's been here a long time and knows what he's doing, and now he's like, whoa. <laughs> well, I, I've met Virg, and he's really nice, and and he's I've been on Zoom calls with him for work and stuff, so. I mean, I'm sure he is really nice and maybe he didn't handle this the best way, but I'm sure I don't envy that position and I don't envy having to, having to handle these kind of issues. So it's right. And you have to wonder like how much of this would fall under his, his purview, like his day-to-day activities. Like if, if it's, if it is supposed to be him, like in the buck would stop with him, then yeah, you know, it, it kind of falls at his feet. But if this is like just a sliver of what he's dealing with, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's, I mean, I guess technically in the books, you know, as far as 
protocol goes, yeah, it's his fault. Suspend him. But, uh, I mean, if, if this is like such a small part of thing and he's just supposed to sign off on stuff, then like, how's he going to know, you know? Yeah. I, I can buy some plausible deniability here and there, you know, like with Coach O. Oh, I didn't know. But obviously that wasn't the case with Miles, you know. So, uh, again, there's, you know, just someone's got to own up. Someone's got to someone's got to take the ball, I guess. Um, but I guess we'll see where they go from here because I, I guess the NCAA can look at this or not because I think they still have to do their thing. But uh, at least now it's out there. We know that they failed on their Title IX reporting, so. I don't think there's really any surprise there. They, sh- they needed to hear it from somebody besides uh, 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 the plaintiffs, I guess. I don't know. Or the, to bring it back to the uh, the other side of sports, uh, the actual sports being played, uh, LSU basketball had two games this week, and they won both of them. Uh, I think they were expected to. You know, Vanderbilt was not going to be that much of a test. Uh, I guess it was just a matter of, you know, if LSU just – you know, showed up to play, and they did. Uh, they won handily. I don't think it was ever in question. Uh, then they had a game against Missouri on the road uh, Saturday, uh, and that one wasn't as much in hand. Uh, you know, it was, it was kind of even. I think it was like dead even at half. Uh, but then it was kind of back and forth in the second half. But LSU was able to hold on. Um, you know, much you know behind Cam Thomas again, and uh, some clutch free throw shooting down the stretch. And I don't know, Tommy, I. <laughs> I think I'm going to get you a T-shirt that, you know, just a Darius Day's jersey maybe because it's like as soon as – like every, every time that guy scores in double digits, LSU does fine. No mm-hmm. worries. You know, it's just – it's it's like a, it's like a superstition now, I think. <laughs> He's the most important piece, and you saw right as the end of the game, he fouled out, and it seemed like they, they were, you know, trying to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory. So mm-hmm. I think that, as, I, as I've said for a couple of weeks now – all of LSU's success basically hinges on a man named Darius. Yeah, um, it was exciting watching the Missouri game. I was glad to see that we could beat another team of at least reasonable level of competition. Another team with the name Tigers. <laughs> yeah, uh, Cam Thomas continues to do his thing. I think he scored 20 in like 11 straight games or something like that. Uh, so he's in the conversation, I think, for SEC Player of the Year. And that sets us up as the number three seed. I thought it was kind of funny where LSU basketball tweeted, like coming home with the three seed <laughs> after they beat Missouri is like, we got the three seed in the SEC tournament. It's not like we just won like the national championship or anything, but uh, I guess that's still good. We, we play the winner than the four seed. Yeah. We play the winner of Ole Miss and uh, South Carolina, both of whom we beat during the regular season. Uh, so hopefully we can at least take it to the semifinals, which would be good. And they, they locked up their spot in the tournament, obviously, unless for some reason we get beat by like 50 or something <laughs> in the SEC tournament. But uh, that should be exciting. And, yeah, um, it was good to see them actually execute a game plan and shoot pretty well from the field and not go ice cold like they have in a couple of recent games. Just want to see that continue uh, on into the SEC tournament. Yeah, and it was also good to see them kind of like uh, – South or keep keep the win when they already knew they they didn't really have to do it like they they already had a double buy so they were really just playing for third or fourth seed and it honestly it wouldn't have I don't know how much it would have mattered but the fact that they win and you know like you just said Daniel they they're gonna play one of two teams that they've already beaten but that goes with the case with the rest of the bracket the side of the bracket they're in like had they lost it I think they'd be on the same side of the bracket as Alabama and Tennessee. Uh, so I think now anyone that they would have to play 
they have already beaten. You know, everybody else is on the other side. So, I mean, it sets up well for them. Uh, like if they hadn't won against Missouri, would have thought, ah, come on. But all right, well, we're in the tournament. Let's do it. Let's go. New new ball game. But the fact that they won, it's you know, it's a little bit of momentum. I think, I don't know. I think they needed something like that. Like they needed that good win. A couple of mm-hmm. players mentioned it, but um, uh, well, just getting that Vandy win was good. But I think we kind of all knew that was going to happen. But uh, to win on the road against Missouri was even better. Uh, but they also set themselves up better in the tournament. Uh, I mean, at this point, I don't really care what happens in the NCAA tournaments because I, I think all bets are off at that point. But uh, you you don't want to have to play Alabama again in the SEC tournament because, I, I don't know, you just uh, – it feels like the Tide has their number. So if they didn't have to play them until the title game in the SEC conference, uh, you know, so be it. Uh, yeah. But a couple more wins would be nice in the tournament. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. They play Friday – and um, that should be a good one because uh, we're in the postseason now, baby. No yeah. looking back. Friday at 8 p.m. Central for our listeners who want to catch the Tigers. A little late night game. Yeah, and if they win, they play again Saturday at 3 o'clock. Or no, 2 o'clock, excuse me. And then the championship is Sunday at noon. And I think they released the, the actual brackets Sunday night. So um, that'll be exciting. And then they can fill her out. Fill her out. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, for the field of 68. Yeah, Selection Sunday. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. Uh, but there was, um, yeah, like you said, uh, Cam Thomas is in contention for, for Player of the Year. He did pick up SEC Player of the Week honors again. Uh, congrats to him on that. Uh, but along with uh, Cam Thomas, uh, sophomore Trenton Watford, he was named to the All-ICC first team. Uh, Javante Smart was named to the second team. Uh, so good for them. Uh, oh my goodness, I didn't realize this, but Scotty Pippins Jr., his son, plays at Vanderbilt. I heard that name, and I didn't know if I, I thought I'd misheard it. I heard Scotty Pippen. I thought I heard Scotty Pippen Jr., but I didn't know that was him. Yeah, right. that's his son. I think he's played pretty well this year. I, I think he was hurt earlier, and mm-hmm. Vanderbilt's pretty poor as a team yeah. in general, but I think he's kind of one of the bright spots. So that's kind of cool to see. Yeah. 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 And, and Cam's going to be newcomer of the year. Pretty much, uh, there's no doubt about that, I think. Um, yeah, it's unanimous. Uh, but, yeah, um, hopefully it's you know doesn't stop there. Let's see what they can do in the big dance. Um, and moving on from that, uh, LSU baseball had, well, they had a pretty good week overall, except for this past weekend. I mean, they, they won their midweek games. They looked good there. Um, but when it got to the, the weekend series, the start of their three-game series, you know, for the rest of the season, um, it did not go probably as planned. It didn't even, I don't know. It just, um, for those of you that don't know, they didn't already, you know, check it out. LSU lost 22 to seven to Oral Roberts at home. And I, I don't know, I guess Paul Maneri said it best. You know, they were asking him about it after the game. He said, you know, we're just going to move on. Yep. There's nothing really to look at here. And I thought, yeah, I mean, because in, in any sport, you know, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, there's some times where it's just those games where, you know, we're just, we're just, there's nothing is going to go right today. There's not even, it's not even worth it to look at any film at any, what we did wrong, nothing. Just, just put out of your mind. And they did. And then they came back and won 12 to nothing the next mm-hmm. game. So you think, all right, that's great. They, they did it. They put it out of their minds. Um, even the series. And what's crazy though is even if LSU had those 12 runs in the first game, they still wouldn't have 
one. So it's just it goes to show you like how out of bounds that that loss and how bad it was. It was like their second worst program loss in history. Like LSU hasn't lost by that many runs since like I think 2000 or 2003 or something like that. This it's pretty bad. But I mean, I, I guess it didn't matter if it was 18 to seven or 22 to seven. You know, it's just at that point it doesn't matter. But uh, still, you think all right, let's let's say it's an anomaly. LSU won 12 over the next game. In the third game, the rubber match, they seemed like a pitcher's duel all game. And then, you know, LSU went ahead, had one run. And then in the late innings, Or Roberts came back and won, three to one. And you're like, where was this offense that had scored 17 runs or 19 runs, excuse me, the previous two games? It just disappeared. And it's like, I, I feel like it's – in a way it's kind of what we saw last year. It was just the offense would look great in spurts. Uh, this year it seemed to be looking better. You know, it's like these guys are, we were talking about how gorilla ball might be back. Uh, and for, you know, the first part of the week it was, uh, but then I don't know, then they get to this three game series and I don't know, then it just kind of, kind of died off. Um, I don't know, Daniel, what did, what, I don't know if you had any, if you had got a chance to watch any of it, but uh, I, I don't know. It's, um, uh, you could say, ah, it's still early. You know, they're still finding their groove. But the fact that they, you know, did have such a, a an offensive outburst is still good. But I know it's like you, you kind of need it when you need it. And they needed it yesterday, and they just didn't have it. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't able to actually to watch the first two games against Oral Roberts, but I watched the one yesterday, that pitcher's duel. Uh, when A.J. Labus pitched real well, like six shutout innings. And then we kind of just choked it at the end. Uh, we were up one to zero and then uh, Devin Fontenot, like in the ninth inning, like walked a guy and then they had a single or like a double, which he stretched to a triple on the like fielder's choice. And then they, they missed the throw at home. They tried to chuck him out at third and threw it into left field. And so that turned in two runs there. And it was like, you knew it was pretty much over, mm-hmm. uh, which was disappointing to see. But like you were saying, we've got the pop in the bats scoring, 16 12 14 a game and that's kind of been a problem and not a problem but in recent years when we've just not been able to to hit the ball so well uh but a little bit of inconsistency in the pitching staff especially like Jaden hill uh supposed to be a top five pick giving up eight runs in one inning that's gonna ruin his era for like the next three months (laughs) (laughs) the rest of the season stats are gonna look bad just because of that one game no matter what he does Uh, it was zero before then too we should add (laughs) that's true um, so he'll probably be okay, but hopefully they can get that lined out because they got one more week of kind of tune up matches. They play five games in the span of six days, uh, coming up here. And then, so that's the big run in before the sec schedule. So hopefully they can get those, uh, rotations figured out and the bats Dylan Cruz still playing really well. Although he had a tough game, the last one against Oral Roberts, that's Tommy's new favorite guy. I think we can excuse that, that, uh, one bad game yesterday <laughs> after that all the production. He's only hit this game of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was only 11 game hitting streak to start the, the season. Yeah. I, I think that uh, yesterday's loss was a lot, a lot, uh, a lot more disappointing to be honest than like the, the 22 to seven loss. I feel like the the big time losses like that sometimes that just happens, especially in baseball. It just feels like when it rains, it pours, and on those days when you can't hit and they can, there's just not much you can do. But yeah. I really would have liked LSU to be able to gut out and win that win that game, that close one yesterday. I feel like they they just gotta they gotta make it happen because that's what's gonna happen, and that's what's gonna happen when you're playing against the SEC. You know, 
Yeah. So I was disappointed in that. Absolutely. And you, I totally agree with you. It's like, uh, it was more disappointing because it's like the first two games, you know, they, they just, they just had a, a blowout game, but then we had won the next game. So you think the third one, all right, that's the moneymaker. But I mean, that's, that's what they're going to be looking at all season. Either they're going to win Friday night and lose Saturday, or they're going to win Saturday and lose Friday, but there's always that game on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, the, the pitching was there. He held them to, and they they kept them scoreless for for most of the game. So it's just, uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is really. Um, but I, I did say, well, you said something about that. Uh, you know, Jaden Hill giving up eight runs. It's not good. No, it's not. But I mean, to their credit, LSU got them almost all back in the next two or the first two innings. They're only down eight to seven. Yeah. But then, uh, Nora Roberts scored. Uh, what was it like twelve more in like the the, the f- a few innings later? And then you know it's just to come back again like that. Uh, yeah, there's just no way. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess you could just chalk it up to you know that's just baseball. But um, yeah, the Tigers. Hopefully, they can get back on track. And I mean, you know, Maneri has his, his starting rotation set. I, I guess it's just now how he can you know, use the other guys in the pitching staff because you, you can't have that type of keystone cop type play on the ninth inning, <laughs> you know, in a, in a, in a three games when you're trying to take the series, that's, they, they just imploded really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if there's anything Maneri can do about that. He, you know, it wasn't a situational thing where he brought the infield in. It was just a guy threw it in the left field and run scored. Don't do it again next time. And what can yeah. you tell him? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, hopefully they can get that back on track. Um, and I think that was that was all we had on baseball. Um, now it's time for Daniel's segment. Uh, yeah, the bracketology. <laughs> so in the spirit of the March Madness bracket coming up on Sunday, I made a little 18 bracket. The, the topic has not been announced yet to the co-host to give okay. a, a reaction, but it is best LSU landmarks. Huh. So okay. uh, it's things on LSU campus. Yep. These are kind of my opinion. I did the seatings all, not exactly how I would do it, but for me from an outsider's perspective, <clears throat> and it's one through eight. And it's not like bars or restaurants or anything. Like it has to be like LSU, like actual, like, like, things on the campus like buildings or well i guess you might as well go into it okay. so yeah, both of y'all will each get to vote on which you like more this could be whether you think the the physical landmark is better or memories associated with mm-hmm. however you want and if you both vote for different ones i will break the tie okay and we'll right. move on all right so first of all you may have guessed the number one seed tiger stadium yep versus <laughs> number eight seed the quad uh, outside the library they've hosted college game day there and it's a place a lot of people like to go tiger stadium I don't need to explain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking this was going to happen. It's two, number one versus 16, basically, when they get beat by like yeah. 53. All right, so Tiger Stadium. I, um, I would say, though, if it was down to just people watching, I, w- I would go with either. That's true. Yeah. The quad might be a little bit, like, nicer to be at. Like, if you had to live there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where do you live? The quad. <laughs> All right, so Tiger Stadium moves on uh, to the semifinals, and we've got the second round, or the next matchup. Uh, we've got the number four seed Alex Box Stadium versus number five seed Mike the Tiger's Habitat. That includes Ooh. Mike the Tiger himself. Yeah. Ooh. Man, that's tough. Wait, is this the new box or the old box? Uh, current box. Current box. Yeah. 
Um, Scott, do you want to go first? Or you want me to? I'll go first. That's a tough close matchup four v five. I know. Plus, you're it's like you're pinning, you know, the Yankees at college baseball against the you know the the country's best live mascot. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know what? I I'm gonna. <laughs> you said that Mike's. Which what was Mike's habitat rated? Was he the higher seed or the lower no, seed? No, he was the five seed. I had a box at four, Mike at five. I'll go Mike at five. Yeah, Mike. Upset. All right, Mike upset. is upsetting. Mike moves on at number five. Especially after that Oral Roberts series. I, I got to give it to Mike. Plus, like, I don't know if, since it's the new box, I don't know if you can count that at, with the old. Like, it's, it's, it is different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now we go to the lower half of the bracket. We have the two seed, which is the Memorial Tower plus Parade Grounds. Okay versus number seven seed the student union so across from the parade grounds that's just an absolute bloodbath memorial tower takes it the student union is kind of terrible i think the student union is one of the worst parts of the lsu campus and they probably need to build i think i want a new one they always talk about building new stuff it's like yeah the student union needs to go yeah since i've never been i would also go with uh the tower yeah it's kind of one of the most iconic lsu like images they use a lot of their like promotional stuff so memorial tower takes that one and moves on to the semifinals and then our final matchup of the first round we got the number three seed the pmac pete maravich assembly center versus the indian mounds a little bit of a historical site maybe not get as much press but has kind of a for lsu people it's something that they know about yeah yeah uh i don't know because see i i didn't i haven't spent as much time on campus as you guys uh very little in fact so I, I don't know. I, maybe Tommy has a better pick than I would, because I would, I think I would just go with PMAC because um, there's a lot of history there too. I think I, I think, man, this is a little bit controversial. I think I'm going to go Indian Mound. Ooh, I like, well, I liked it, and I, I will say this: they they kind of eliminated it now, so it's not as cool or whatever. I liked seeing like. People on the Indian mounds, like their little kids like to roll down the Indian mounds. Some some people like there'd be a brave guy who put a grill on the top of the Indian mound, <laughs> be grilling and tailgating. I liked they nowadays they block them off. So you can only just like look at them. But like I liked way back, you know, way back, like five years ago, people used to, you know, use them to tailgate and it was kind of like a cool thing. So it's unique. I think the like the PMAC's fine. I think it's cool, but I don't think the PMAC is like on an on the same level as like Cameron Indoor or like the Dean Dome or something like that. So I think it's fine, but I, I take the Indian Mounds. What other school has Indian Mounds? All right, so it's, it's one-to-one, so I got to break the tie on this one, and I will go with the Indian Mounds as well. Wow. I have some memories when I was growing up. Uh, my grandparents lived in Baton Rouge, and my, we would come down here to visit, and they would take us over to LSU, and we would just roll down the hills on the Indian Mounds, have a little picnic out there, so some kind of fond memories associated with it. And like you said, Tommy, it's pretty unique. You don't see that everywhere on a college campus. It's just kind of smack in the middle of these like big old hills. A lot of people used to study on the Indian. People would like sit on the Indian mm-hmm. Mound. So I'm going to go with that one. So we got an upset of the six over the three seed Indian Mounds over the PMAC moving into the semifinals. So back up to the top, we got uh, the, the heavyweight Tiger Stadium versus the, versus the one that make, who makes it all possible, Mr. Mike, Mike. The hab- Mike and his habitat. <laughs> What's better on LSU? Ooh. They're right across from each other, too. Yeah. So it's kind of like you kind of have to think about like if you had to give up one, what would you give up? Do you well, think- if they gave up the habitat, then they could bring him back in the stadium for before games like they used to do. 
because you wouldn't the, have anywhere else to be. Uh, you remember they used to have them in this little like circus cart, like right oh, outside yeah. the visitor's tunnel. That was awesome. Uh, I don't know. Put Mike above Tiger Stadium. I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if well, here's the thing. By by his nature, you know, Mike has to be replaceable. <laughs> he's got a has been replaced that's true we've, we've gone through six mics and i think only one stadium yeah yeah we've enhanced tiger stadium you can't enhance a, a, an aging tiger uh so for that reason i i might have to go with tiger stadium uh i mean come on they just put the shoot in okay but but i'll, I'll take that and but like maybe flip it on its head is there ever a world you can imagine where we do like what a lot of stadium what a lot of teams or schools do build a brand new state can you imagine having a new tiger stadium similar like the new cowboy stadium or, or the new box the new box or the new georgia dome no uh, do you think no, it'll be like i mean i don't i don't think there's been at least not in the sec there hasn't been like a new stadium built in a long time uh everyone's had additions but like they they've all had their stadiums for a long time i don't know about uh a&M in Missouri since they just entered, but I think A&M's had theirs for a long time also. Mm-hmm. Uh, like college stadiums, like they, but they, but where else would they build it? Like they'd have to completely implode it, clear it off and rebuild it right where it is. Right. Like I guess. Like, I don't know. Either that or like over like the Hayfield area, like by the river, That'd maybe. Be terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I hope they, yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody's ever talked about doing that either. Yeah. I think, I, I think, so Scott Scott Tiger Stadium, what you got, Tommy? Okay, I'm gonna go Mike because I want to see what Daniel says. All right, so tied one I'm to one. Daniel, uh, can we take out the number one overall seed in the semifinals? I say no. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday night in Death Valley, he can't can't beat it. Um, it would suck to not have Mike in his his habitat. You love to go see him, just say hi, watch him uh, mess around in there. But uh, not having Tiger Stadium and LSU football would be a tragedy. So the number one seed rolls into the finals, uh, taking them down. Good. So the, the second semifinal, we got uh, Memorial Tower plus Parade Grounds versus the Indian Mounds. So two outdoor areas uh, where you can hang out, maybe. Memorial Tower. Yeah. Easy decision there. I think so too. Yeah. So we got a one, we got a one versus two matchup in the finals. Tiger Stadium versus the iconic Memorial Tower and Parade Grounds. Blowout. It's a blowout. No, Tommy. You, you well, I, I do think like I, I'm thinking about it from like the replacing standpoint. It's like I don't think you could build a new Memorial Tower. I think that would look that'd be weird. But I do think that there is a world in where like maybe 50 years from now where they're like, look, we need to build a new Tiger Stadium, and they do it. Yeah, sure. So, with that being said, I think that makes it a closer game, but still, Tiger Stadium wins. So, it's a it's a it's a close one. It might go to overtime, but Tiger Stadium wins. Do you agree, Scott? I agree. So, Tiger Stadium takes it from the number one spot, uh, a clean sweep, but I think a good matchup. So, it may be a, a case of misseeding where Mike the Tiger, plus a habitat, should have been number two. Yeah, my, Mike. I mean, I think I think Mike was a little bit of a dog. He was a little bit of that uh, that little. Uh, Cinderella story <laughs> but yeah I think I think we knew where this one was going from the beginning but uh, I think it was still fun did y'all like that yeah it was fun maybe yeah. maybe we'll make another one yeah I can probably cook up another one with a different little topic for maybe next you week. do one of podcast hosts 
That's true. <laughs> uh, I break the tie, and I'm just the win. I'm the, the winner on that. Very All good. Right. I bet we could do. Yeah, we could do another one before uh, before March Madness is up, just to keep the theme going. Oh yeah, I can for sure get another one. I think this is a, a good amount, like eight teams, so it yeah. doesn't go for too long. Right. But uh, gives you yeah, some no. some good competition. Keep it at the elite eight. Uh, so having said that, uh, is there anything else you guys uh, wanted wanted to toss out there? Or is that pretty much do it? I think that's it. By the next podcast, this SEC basketball tournament will have completed. We'll know where we're sitting for the tournament itself, and I'll be looking forward to that. Yep, and there'll be another series at the box in the books. Tommy, no, no final words. No. Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, all right. Well, how, uh, if that's the case, then I guess uh, that'll do it for us here on Talking Tigs. I did want to say though that the uh, they released some odds on the SEC tournament, and LSU is currently sitting at a five to one. So uh, I don't know if you're feeling lucky. Do you, do you feel like the Tigers are a sure bet, or I don't know if there's somebody else there that you want to put your money on? But um, have at it. Uh, LSU sitting at five to one. I'd say that's fair, maybe even generous. But I, I was going to say I think it might be a little bit generous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's generous. They they probably just base that on their seed, but. Uh, Obviously, you know, we, we, I don't know, I'd probably put them at a seven to one. But um, anyway, um, having said that, that information is out there. Bet wisely. And until next time, uh, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next week on Talking Tigs.